Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. We're already doing some recall, aren't we? Therefore, I always remind you about these things, even though you already know them. That's the biggest trick. See, the enemy, if he can't keep you from the truth, he'll get you to devalue truth. If he can't just keep you from it, then what he'll do is he'll make you think as small of it as possible when you need to draw on it, when it becomes the most necessary in your life. He'll minimize it, devalue it, cast it aside. If he can't keep the seed from being sown on your soil, then he will keep it from going down deep. He will keep it from taking root. He will keep it as useless as possible. He'll get you to cast it aside, put it in the back of your mind, write it in a notebook, and then leave it there until next Sunday. Come on. This is what the enemy will do. Don't think, the Bible is very clear. Who are the deceived ones? The hearers that don't do. That's a deceived person. I've never known a deceived person that does the word. And I've never, known a, I've never known a doer of the word, a true doer of the word that ends up in deception. It's the greatest antidote. Doing the word keeps you from being deceived. Doing the word, the application, the practicing. And how many of you know this life comes with plenty of opportunities to practice some stuff? It's the rehearsal. A few short weeks, we'll be at the, the, the biggest athletic day of the year, the Super Bowl, right? Whether you care about it or not, it sells. It's entertainment. But you know, no one's showing up for all those practices. No one's showing up for all the two-a-days. Fans, I'm talking about, entertainment. There's not a lot of entertainment value in sitting around watching someone play the same drill over and over and over. But when you get to the Super Bowl and 100,000 people are watching you in the stadium and then millions and billions probably on television watching this thing for the real entertainment, you better know that drill. You better know that play. You better, you better be able to execute it well. And so we're gonna, we're, we're gonna take time to recall some things. And if it's familiar, and if it's like Pastor Mark, we already ran that drill. Pastor Mark, we already know that drill. We're going to make sure so that when the test comes, you pass. When the test comes, we're not doubting this. When the test comes, we're not questioning. When the test comes, we're not wondering. When the test comes, we're not, we get caught out at sea. All Jesus had to do was say, peace, be still. You think he rehearsed some things? You think he knew some stuff? You think that he was getting alone with the father, getting acquainted with the father so that when he ended up in that storm, with with the utmost confidence, and then look at his disciples and say, ye of little faith. It's funny because he says, oh, ye of little faith, and they prayed. I mean, right, that's, that's what prayer is, communication with Jesus, communication with the Father. They went to Jesus and said, and he said, oh, ye of little faith. Why? Because you 
have the power to speak directly to the thing. I don't need to go to God about the problem. I can go straight to the problem. Jesus didn't have to consult the Father. What do we want to do about this demon? He's making a big ruckus down here. There's this blind man. Father, what do you want to do? He knew in moments of acquaintance, in the rehearsals, in the drills, in the reminders, in the recall, so that when he got in the moment, I know what he wants to do. I know, the, I know how the father would deal with this thing. I, I know how, and, and he could just speak directly, be gone, be healed, right? Be delivered, peace be still. He would deal, Lazarus, come forth. Little girl, rise up. He wasn't praying to God and hoping something. He was speaking directly to. See, this is where our prayers get elevated, where we stop praying to God about things and we start declaring stuff to things, speaking to things. Amen. So I say all that to say that the recall, the reminders, the keeping in remembrance is what's going to posture us to weather these things and to ultimately overcome. You know, many times in life what you're going to find uh, the Bible tells us, he calls it withstand. When you've done all to stand, stand. Giving you the armor of God to withstand. What's that mean? It means to outlast. The enemy has no power over you. We said on Sunday, the devil's not your problem. You may have been raised believing that, but he's not. He's not God's problem. He's not even, I mean, they're not even at odds, man. They're not even... Uh, uh, th- th- there's, there's no fight. There's no battle. If there were, he would be decimated in an instant. It's not even close. And you have that same power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. But I've got to fortify some things because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of reality that wants to tell me otherwise. There's a lot of conditions in life that want to tell me otherwise. There's a lot of things I face that want to tell me otherwise. There's a lot of encounters that want to tell me otherwise. So I got to recall and recall and recall and fortify. Say that with me. Say, I will this year fortify my faith. We're going to reinforce some things. We're going to fortify. We're going to build up. We're going to strengthen. We're going to encourage. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Hallelujah. You having a good year so far? Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. So who is he talking to? Us, the church, the people of God, the body of Christ, the brethren. By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And he says in verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Now, I learned early on in some type of language school, grammar, literature, comprehension, I don't know, that the ING means this thing is consistently happening, perpetually, ongoing, renewing, renewing, not by the renewed mind, 
but renewing the mind. It's not in there by accident because our minds need renewing on a daily basis. This is why the recall is so necessary. This is why the reminders are so important. This is why treating a scripture that we've heard before, a word that we've heard before, a a, a promise that we've heard before isn't gonna do you any good because faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing, I-N-G, hearing and hearing and hearing. And, and, And even the stuff you think you know, hearing and hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing and hearing, renewing and renewing and renewing. And this is the danger, is an unrenewed mind becomes conformed to its surroundings. If you go backwards, you play this thing in reverse now. Renewing the mind transforms my life, keeps me from becoming conformed. Flip that around. If I don't renew my mind, an unrenewed mind becomes uh, uh, shaped and molded by what's happening around me, by the things that I encounter, by the pressures that I face, the challenges that I endure. And before long, I have a mind molded. Rather than from the inside out, it's being molded from the outside in. Your Minds are moldable, you know that. Minds are moldable especially young minds, because what happens is you get a thought, an imagination, an idea, and, and, and if you instill that early enough, that can become the thought process forever. Through experience, through how I was raised, through where I grew up, through what I encountered, through the experiences that I had. And so he's very intentional to say, this thing, you're gonna have to do something about your mind from the inside out because if you leave it up to the exterior, if you leave it up to the stuff happening in your life, if you leave it up to the trials and tribulations that you will encounter in life, if you leave it up to that stuff, man, you will fortify your mind in the wrong direction. You'll become, you'll reinforce the wrong things. And then guess what? You come to church and a pastor like me has to tear down all kinds of stuff before I can ever lay a new foundation. And everything I say and every word I I, I give and every scripture I read and every point that we make, I've I've got to go through lenses. I mean, all across this room right now, there are lenses, spiritual lenses, mental lenses, that, that it's filtering what I'm saying right now. It might be a Southern Baptist lens. It might be a charismatic lens. It might be a death in the family lens. It might be a divorce lens. What, whatever the case is, you've, we, we've got these lenses that we set up and that you're, you're filtering everything that I'm saying, every word that you hear through what you've reinforced over time. And some of us have some strong reinforcements. Some of us might have a chain link fence and some of us might have some cinder block walls. (laughs) Huh? But he says, man, if you'll take care of that thing from the inside out, he says, I can transform that. 
I just go ahead and let you know right now, your mind will not be transformed by the world. It conforms. It becomes what they already are. Transform means to become something you weren't. It becomes something that, it's the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. That doesn't happen from the outside in. That happens from the inside out. I'm talking about believing something from the inside out regardless if you see it on the outside. I'm talking about believing something from the inside out regardless of what the world tells you. You think Joshua and Caleb came out of that promised land after spying it out and seeing the giants and seeing the fortified walls and seeing the vast territory? You think that they came out with with a different testimony than the other 10 negative uh, uh, spies with their report? No. It says, Caleb, but consider my servant Caleb, who had a different spirit. Where's that at? That's on the inside. That's from the inside out. Caleb, again, we say this all the time, but Caleb didn't go in to get a report. Caleb went in with the report. And he had that thing so reinforced. He had that thing so fortified. Man, he had that thing. He had such a strong foundation that he looked a giant square in the face and says, this is my territory. An 80-year-old Caleb says, we're well able. And he didn't need a majority. He didn't need a vote. What do they say? You and God are the majority. You are the majority. That's all I need. I got the Holy Spirit with me. He's he's confirming the word. He's reminding, right? We saw that last week that the Holy Spirit's job is to remind you of all the things that Jesus said. Man, he's recalling those things back to you. He's reminding you. He's bringing that word back up. If you'll listen to him, if you'll be sensitive to him, that reigning spirit that we're talking about, he's recalling the word back to you saying, no, 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 remember? Remember my servant Abraham? Remember remember my servant Jacob, Isaac? Remember, this is the land that was promised to you. That after a certain time of being handed over into slavery to to the Egyptian enemy, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to deliver you. I've raised up a deliverer. Remember this? He's recalling something. Caleb didn't get a new word. He got the same word. And then when you get to Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, God's word to Joshua is, you better recall the things that I told Moses, my servant Moses. See to it that you obey the law. See to it that you keep in line with the things. He didn't say, I got it. wipe that thing off the plate. That ain't working. Apparently that's not working for you guys. Let me give you a new word. Let me, let me etch something brand new for you. It's not what he says. He said, I'm taking you back. I'm reminding you of what I told my servant Abraham before he had any children. I took them out to the shoreline and I said, look, you see all this sand? Your generation is gonna be, be more than that. Look at the stars in the sky. Recall, 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 reminder, reminder. And that's called renewing the mind because a mind that's not renewed just conforms to what's around it. It just becomes, just easily 
molded and easily shaped. You know, this is what we have to be careful of is that in here, you're not allowing what I'm saying to inform your belief system just for the sake of me saying it. What I mean is you need to know the word for yourself. Otherwise, you treat me like CNN. You treat me like Fox News. You treat me like the doctor's report, meaning we just believe the last thing we heard. Sometimes we just have recency bias when it comes to our belief systems. What's that mean? That means I just believe the last thing I heard. I'm fortified by the last thing that I heard. I've told you before, I, I wish people believed the pastor as quickly as they believe the meteorologist. We all know that they're lying. We all know they don't know a thing. We all know they have no clue. I remember one day, I think it was last year, might have been the year before, they shut down school, shut down everything. It was the most beautiful day we had ever seen in Val Austin. I was so disappointed, man. I said, I just got my sons back in school. You're shutting this thing down again. And they're off again next Monday. I mean, just, why? Because they, 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 but they don't know. But yet we buy every jug of water off the shelf, every pack of toilet paper we could find, boarding up the house. Why? Because it's, we, we have fortified some things. So much so that we'll talk about this eventually that we have faith with accompanying action. I have faith in that news report, so I'm gonna go and buy my stuff. Then the pastor says, by his stripes, you were healed. I don't know about that, pastor. Let me tell you about my, no. It's because we're fortifying the wrong things. It's because we're just merely conforming, not renewing. If we lack in the renewing department, we'll be living in the conforming department. If we lack in the renewal of the mind, how long do I believe it? Till you see it. How long did Joshua and Caleb believe it? Till they saw it. 40 years wandering. That's pretty interesting. You know, they, they had to wait and wander that thing even though they believed. How unfair. <laughs> Might want to take a good look at who we're coupled up with. Look straight ahead. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Look straight ahead. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about the environments we keep ourselves in and the company we keep. Why? Because God is only motivated to move by one thing, guys. It's faith. It's faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We got to believe in a God that all things are possible. We got to believe in a God that can move mountains. I believe in a God that could do the remarkable. 
That's what I was praying this morning at morning prayer, that we'll see the awesome, the amazing, the incredible. Well, what are those words that, that, that we throw on things when it's just, you, you can't even explain it. I wanna see those things happen. But it's gonna be because of a renewal of the mind. The renewal of the mind strengthens the belief of the heart. The renewal of the mind. You have to believe it in your heart. That's where that belief system is. But if you have an unrenewed mind, you don't have a faith problem. You don't have a word working problem. You don't have a wrong church problem. You don't have the wrong pastor problem. You have an, a, remind, a mind that will not be renewed to the belief system that God is trying to strengthen in your heart. It's a renewing, ongoing. In the Passion Translation, I belo- uh, uh, Passion Translation, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. That word reformation, that that is a complete, uh, 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 I mean, you, you know what repentance means, right? We've covered this enough. This is another recall for you. Repentance means to turn the other way, but it actually means this, to change your thinking. That's what that word means in the Greek. It literally means to change your thinking. When Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he said, you're gonna have to change your thinking. And if you don't change your thinking, you're gonna miss what I'm bringing. That's why he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And even though the kingdom may come, you won't receive it because you lack in changing your thinking. It even means this, side with my party. Side with my party. What's that mean? That means I am trading allegiances. I'm trading allegiances. Man, I hope you're getting this. Because some of us have aligned ourselves with lies of the enemy. Some of us have partnered with lies of the enemy. Some of us can be more easily, um, this is what I'm looking for. Some of us more easily believe it won't than it will. More easily believe it can't. More easily believe he won't. It, 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 takes, it takes no pushing. But when it comes to the things of faith, man, we got to pull, we got to pull, we got to pull. Why? We just got to feed it. Feed it. Whatever you feed gets stronger. Whatever you feed gets bigger. So you got to fuel that thing. You got to feed that thing. The Amplified in verse 2 reads, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial 
customs. And this isn't just talking about holiness and righteousness and living right, but of course that applies as well. It's talking about the ideals of the world in any way that confront or challenge or are contrary to the ways of the kingdom. An unrenewed mind will keep us conforming to the way the world is fashioned, adapted to, It's external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In Mark chapter 2, in Mark chapter 2, in verse 21, Jesus gives us an illustration that helps us see what this mind renewal looks like. The effects of this mind renewal or what happens if we don't renew the mind. In Mark chapter two and verse 22, it says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins for the wine would burst the wineskins and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. We need new wineskins. The wineskin is the container. And the word is what you put in the container. But the problem is, is if we're putting the word in old thinking, if we're putting the word in an old mindset, for putting the word in an unrenewed mind, he says, you're gonna lose both. You're gonna lose the truth and your mindset. You're gonna lose the truth and the container. You're gonna lose what we're putting in it and the thing that's holding it. So you just go ahead and swap out. Get the new container. Get rid of that old stinking thinking. That, man, it just has you button up against the truth every time. We need a renewal of the mind. You know, honestly, when someone joins the military, this is, what hap- this is what's happening. Renewal's taking place. We got servicemen and women in here. When you join boot camp, guess what they're doing? They're getting rid of some old thinking. Why? For the purpose of alignment for the purpose of of abandoning some old things. Letting go of some old things so that I can receive some new things because when we need you, when we need a call on you, when we need your service, when we need your response, when we need your capacity, when we need your ability, I mean, imagine if they just took you guys off the street and then just sent you right out to, to battle. What a mess that would be. But boot camp is for the purpose of forming something. And you gotta, to form something, you gotta eliminate some things. It's a process of elimination. It's what it is. Eliminate the old so I can bring the new. New wine calls for new wineskins. Here's what happens in Matthew chapter 15. Last verse I'll show you. Matthew 15 verse three.
Matthew 15, verse 3. In the New Living Translation, Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? You know what happens if you take a, a man or a woman and send them straight to battle or put them on a squad or put them, uh, you, know, uh, 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 you know, in the army or in, uh, uh, you know, in the confines of warfare? Without, guess what's going to show up? Their traditions. Their belief systems. Well, I don't want to get up that early. Well, I don't want to wear that. Well, I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> All these things rise up. And it's what? It's going to cost us the battle. Could cost your life. Could cost the life of someone else. A lot of things on the line of letting go of traditions. This is what happens is, is over time, even in the kingdom of God, even, as, even in walking this new life in Christ, what happens is we can build up traditions. We can build up expectations within our mind that directly violate and oppose the commands or the purposes of God. And he says, you have established things in your life even in your effort and endeavor to follow me, you've established some things in your life that don't go in alignment. They're not in alignment with my word. You have fortified the wrong things, strengthened the wrong things, reinforced the wrong things, and now you've got traditions that are keeping you from fulfilling my purpose and obeying my commands. Your traditions. The knowing, we... we, we we talked about it last week that many times it seems that this happens and this shouldn't be because we should pursue knowledge and we should pursue understanding. But what happens is, is the more we know, the less we believe. The more we know, the less we believe. Some of the people that I know or have spoken to who have the hardest time believing the things of the word and I'm talking about the supernatural things, believing in miracles, believing in speaking in tongues, believing in things that you can't explain in a natural way. They are the most intellectual people I know. They're the most knowledgeable. They could run circles around me when it comes to history and doctrine and theology and, 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 and have you know, gone to school and study this and study that. And, and they can quote scriptures without even looking at them, and, but they can't believe how is that that, that that we read a book with miracle after miracle and, and opportunity after opportunity and moment after moment that can't be explained naturally? And we study it like a history book. And what happens is, is you've now made a God in your image. You made a God that's limited like you that responds like you, that performs like you, that behaves like you. And he says, man, you're, you're violating my commands by your very traditions. You're violating my word and what you know. See, this is the thing is if your faith is, in, is informed by your intellect, then you know the wrong things. If your faith is informed by experience, you know the wrong things. If your faith is informed, it, it's not just informed, it has, it has been conformed to the world. 
And now we have developed a faith system that is limited to the things of the world rather than limitless to the God of the impossible. The God who parted the Red Sea can do a work in your life. That the God who brought water out of a rock, and and we're, we're talking about Israelites that Saul experienced these miracles firsthand. And when they got to the promised land, they said, no, can't do it. Got the wrong guy. Got the wrong people. Too vast a territory. Too many giants. They're too big. We are crazy to think that we could take this territory. We're crazy to think that we could overcome these enemies. And all you see is enemies and you forgot the word. Possess my land. Possess my territory. You're going to walk into territory this year. You're going to possess things you have been praying for, believing for, standing for. You're going to see it this year. But it's going to be because you recall some things, because you are reminded of some things, because you bring some things back to your remembrance, because you're going to study subjects. We're going to look at subjects that we've looked at a thousand times. We're going to reinforce. We're going to fortify. We're going to straight. We're going to drill this thing down so deep. It can't be uprooted. You need a word that can weather both the trials and tribulation and the deceitfulness of riches. You need a word that can endure both the burden of life and the blessings of life. Because the enemy, if he can't get you moved by the burden of life, he'll use blessing to derail, to derail you. He'll use the bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the riches of the world to derail you. We're just not going to be moved this year. It's because we're going to be so fortified, so reinforced, so strengthened. You're going to come in on these midweeks and you're going to be like, feed me more. Show me again. Tell me again. Tell me again the goodness of God. Tell me again how that miracle took place. Tell me again that testimony. Tell me again where it says that by his stripes. Show me again. 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 No postures of, I've heard that before. Oh, and we reject the thoughts that, oh, there he goes again. We reject the idea that, that I already know or already have consumed something in completion, that there's no more to, 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 to pull, there's no more morsels to pull off of. We are going to draw on the reminders this year. Father, I thank you that your, that your reminders will reinforce that our ability to recall this year will renew our minds. And the renewing, the ongoing, the consistent, we refuse to allow our minds to become merely conformed to experience, conformed to encounter, informed by realities and the things of the world. But Father, they will be transformed from the inside out. We choose your word. We choose to believe in your word. We choose to stand on your word, even when it looks stupid, even when it doesn't make sense, even with the only one will stand on your word. We'll be like Joshua and Caleb with a different spirit of faith, fully following you in every way.
Father, we will. I believe this year that those under the sound of my voice that are standing and believing, Father, they will be so reinforced, so fortified, that we will, we will reject anything that shows up contrary to the word. We'll keep ourselves in a posture to always believe. We remind ourselves in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.